0: Hello, and welcome to the Christus
1: Est Veritatum podcast. I'm Thomas Gabin, editor in chief of the Good News Magazine. The Good News Magazine is a weekly publication dedicated to spreading the truths taught by the Catholic Church. Today is what is known in the United States as Halloween. Halloween, for anyone who doesn't know, is the day before All Saints' Day. The word Halloween comes from the English All Hallows Even, the eve of the day of All Hallows, or Saints. There are a few pastimes associated with Halloween, namely dressing up in costumes, eating autumnal food, trick or treating and watching horror movies. Some of these scary movies claim to be based off true encounters with the supernatural. While such encounters with angels and demons do exist, the film industry does what they do best and totally sensationalizes these events. Exorcisms are a semi-popular topic in horror movies, a topic that has also been sensationalized and largely misunderstood. There are indeed exorcists in the church, and these priests have some great stories to tell, but not horror stories. Exorcisms are procedural and quiet, shown by these three stories. But first, a word on exorcisms. Exorcisms are only performed after lengthy processes of discerning whether or not the possessed is really possessed. Some tactics used by exorcists to find if one is actually possessed is putting an unblessed crucifix on their wall. If they are truly possessed, the demon inside of them will be able to tell whether the crucifix is blessed or not. If the person does shy away from the crucifix, then obviously they're not possessed, and it is only a psychological case. Most people who come to exorcists claiming to be possessed are actually just psychological challenged.
0: Now, the stories. Editor Ben Wells here. I've added some extra sound effects to these stories for a more interesting listening experience. Please enjoy.
1: First, a story about an uncle. An exorcist got a call about Uncle So-and-so, we'll call him Peter, who is doing some weird things. So the exorcist goes to the house, sees that Uncle Peter is on the ceiling, obviously possessed by some demon. The priest says, get down from there. But the demon in Uncle Peter says, no, you do not have the authority to call me down. The priest says... He's right, and remembers that he had not yet gotten permission from the bishop. Then he calls the bishop. The bishop gives him permission to drive the spirit out of Uncle Peter. The priest, now with authority from the bishop, exercises the spirit out of Uncle Peter, and Uncle Peter is no longer possessed. Our second story is about a woman and her brother. A woman who felt that she was having some interesting events with spirits came to an exorcist. It appeared that what was happening had to do with her brother, who had committed suicide a few months beforehand. While this woman was talking to the exorcist, her face changed to that of her brother's. The brother then told the priest that through some prayers of his family members through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, he had not yet had his particular judgment. The priest then asked the brother's face on the woman whether he was sorry for having committed suicide. He said he was not sorry for having c- committed suicide when he had done the act, but now was very sorry. The priest then asked him, would you like to go to confession? The priest then heard the confession of the This man who had died months beforehand, and as soon as he had given the brother absolution, the woman's face then reappeared. She was never disturbed by her brother again. This is a great example about how procedural and simple it is in the church. A man has sinned and through the prayers of his family has not yet been judged. He's sorry for his sins, the priest gives him confession, and we assume he is now either in purgatory or heaven. Our third and final story is about a rectory. Shortly after the pastor of a church had died in Russia somewhere, the rectory started experiencing some abnormal events, such as knocking on walls and doors. The exorcist and his priests were called over, and they went through every single room, asking the spirits haunting where they were, and things of that sort. Eventually, they found that the knockings and hauntings were happening in the office of the late pastor. They went in there and opened his drawers, and there they found tons of letters which were associated with the stipends, or the money given for mass intentions. The money had been used, but the mass intentions had never been said. So the bishop and the exorcist had all these intentions spread out across many different priests within other dioceses, as well as their own. I happened to know this story through a priest who knew a priest, who had some of these mass intentions said. As soon as the very last mass intention was said, the haunting stopped. This is also a lesson that we need to pray for the dead, not just because we don't want our things haunted, but because they need it. These three stories are only a fraction of the exorcisms that really do happen. Demons are real, but we the faithful have nothing to fear from them. When we put our entirety, body and spirit, in the care of our lord and lady, then we are safe. The battle has been won, my friends, by our most glorious victor. The only question left is, are you for Christ or against him?
0: That's all I have for you in this episode. This episode was presented by Thomas M. Kabeen, with additional audio from Ben Wells. It also featured sound effects licensed in the public domain. This episode was produced and edited by Ben Wells. Subscribe on whatever platform you listen from to never miss audio content from The Good News Magazine. Check out our other content on our website, goodnewsmagazine.xyz, linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening.